Welcome to episode 177 of Podcateers. Weird title? I know! I didn't know what to call the episode because, quite frankly, I didn't even know if this episode was going to happen. But thankfully, some people convinced me that it had to happen, and it is out. Gavin came to my rescue, and we were able to get this episode recorded. Uh, It was a fun talk, as always, with Gavin. Uh, We talk about Marvel and Pixar Pier and what changes we would like to see that aren't currently incorporated into that area. Uh, If you guys have any comments on anything that we talk about, make sure to leave a comment in the blog post for the episode, which is going to be blank, by the way. There's going to be a couple of things there just to get the blog post going. A link to Gavin's piece for the Foolish Mortals show that's coming up November 18th. Gavin's social links if you guys want to follow him, which you should. And uh, that'll be it. Uh, So, yeah, crazy title, Info Pending. I didn't know exactly what to call it. So before we jump into the episode, just a quick reminder that Podcateers is brought to you by listeners just like you. We call those listeners our fairy godparents. And if you would like to become a fairy godparent of our podcast, you can do so for as little as $1 a month. Just head on over to Podcateers.com and click on the Patreon logo or go to Patreon.com slash Podcateers for more information. You can also use our Amazon link if you'd like to support us a different way. Head over to podcateers.com slash Amazon. There you will find a link that you can click on before your next purchase. We get a small commission from that sale as a thank you from Amazon because you went through our link. And to everyone that's doing that, thank you guys for that added support. Uh, That's it. I got to get going. So I'm going to end this intro here. And here's episode 177 of Podcateers. This is our podcast. It's about three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is Podcateers. Hello, can you hear me now? Uh, you know what? It was actually a problem on my side. <laughs> I realized that uh, I didn't hit the turn on your microphone button. Oh, that, that helps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm I'm just a, a little out of it right now. In the last, I would say, 72 hours, I've gotten a total mm-hmm. of about five hours of sleep. Dang, man. You burning the midnight oil with this project? Oh, yeah. And wow. when, once we're done, I have to finish working on that because I have to turn oh. it in. Technically, I had to turn it in a while ago. Because <laughs> I have to integrate it into their presentation and all that stuff. Right. So I'm already late. <clears throat> because Man. there was all sorts of issues with some of the footage that we shot. And mm-hmm. uh, a couple of days ago, I ended up posting like a like a picture on my Instagram stories of like these reshoots I was doing with the little beaker doll that we have. Uh-huh. And it's fun. Don't get me wrong. Like I love doing these <laughs> types of projects. But man, it's just sometimes the time frame that I get to do them and the scope of my vision just don't <laughs> seem to mesh well together. Right, right. You know, in my head, I see the Muppets movie, but <laughs> but in Adobe Premiere, I see a six-minute vlog. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And that's the other thing. It's just like compressing down a vlog. Like, I think we shot close to five hours worth of footage. And Holy crap. And the video is only supposed to be, like, uh, I don't know, eight to ten minutes. Wow. I know. <laughs> I know. That's insane. 
Yeah, I don't know what I'm well, going to do with the extra that's footage. That's how though. I am. That's how I am with basically every major art project I do. Because you know, I, I have my vision is the Sistine Chapel, and you know, it's a eight by ten piece that I'm working on. That, but so. you know what though? That is an eight by ten Sistine Chapel. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> nice. Uh well, first of all, man. I just want to say thank you very much for coming to my rescue today. Of course. Javier isn't <laughs> here with us today. Uh, I've had a a crazy last few days working on this project. Technically, I've been working and juggling three different projects and trying to find the time to do all of them. And if you really count recording this episode and then having to quickly you know, put it together to throw it up on the website, it's mm-hmm. now four projects. So Oof. it's okay. I only have eight hours to finish them all. It's fine <laughs> as of now. You might get a day off at Thanksgiving and you can sleep then. You know what? That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a winner. There you go. So, yeah. So Javier isn't here. Uh, unfortunately, he had a couple of things that he had to take care of. And just my schedule mm-hmm. was completely wonky this weekend. So I, I, I'll tell you guys the truth. I was actually going to skip this week. And there was a couple of people that in their infinite wisdom said, don't do that. Don't be dumb. And so <laughs> I, I decided, OK, well, I'm going to put this episode together. And I, and I thought to myself, look, I'll just make it like one of those like news episodes. Right. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go through the stuff that happened this week and I'll just re- present it in a news like format so that at least people get to, you know, hear what I think. And hopefully somebody cares about what I think uh, about some of these things that are happening. And then we have an episode. If it was a short episode, then it was a short episode. At least we didn't go a week without an episode because it would break the streak, right? Right, right. And uh, and so, like I said, I had some people tell me that it wasn't a good idea. And so I, Gavin came to my rescue. You know, he's, <laughs> yeah, knight in shining armor. <laughs> that sounded very much like the imperial butter. Remember that? Uh no, what's that? Oh, oh the the actual butter. Yeah, like the, yeah, yeah. Imperial. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh man, I just showed my age. That's a that's a throwback. Yeah, I watch old commercials <laughs> on YouTube, guys. There it is. You're just, you're just into retro things. <laughs> that's right. Oh, speaking of, so mm-hmm. for this movie project that I'm working on, uh, it it is very much like uh, it's so weird, man. It it evolved into this weird like hybrid episode of the Muppet movie slash Sesame Street somehow. And it wasn't meant to be that. It was meant to be something completely different. And as we were shooting and as we were developing the story, like on the fly, I would tell people, you know what, don't say that line anymore. Say this instead. And a lot of what I'm actually putting in the film wasn't even Mm -hmm. written into the script. But wow. I think, but I think it flows a little bit better. And so the reason it, it came up right now was because, you know, when you said we like the, the retro things, I'm trying to create a logo for the film, which is called the Big Gift Connection. You know, it's a mm-hmm. parody of, of the, the Rainbow Connection because uh, we parody the song and everything, talking about, you know, fundraising and everything. Um, but I was trying to find, like, a basic font that looked similar to that old Muppet show like logo right, that I could just right. kind of tweak in Illustrator. 
And everything that I'm finding is pushing me into a dead end to the point where I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to settle because I don't have time to sit here and design this right now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's not going to be snazzy. But at least it's going to have a logo. Man, that it's so crazy how uh, ambitious sounding all these projects that you've done uh, have been. And this one just, I mean... Do you have like a crew that's helping you pull all this off or is it really just you like editing and filming and doing everything basically? Kind of. I mean, when we first put together uh, the Office parody, it mm -hmm. was I, I primarily did most of the work. And then my buddy Rich, who I used to work with 12 years ago at a different oh, wow. place and then ended up working with him again uh, here at City of Hope. And he's kind of like my partner in crime for the majority of what we what we do okay. when we put these projects together. And as of the last project, there's this really great writer, really good guy. His name is uh, Drew. And he's been helping with the script writing and actually putting all the wordy things to paper because he's mm -hmm. much better at it than I am. Oh, and, okay. Uh, he ended up writing... Uh, the lyrics to the Big Gift Connection parody song. He did a lot of, and I feel bad because of what I just told you, that I mangled his script and I just kind of told people to say <laughs> what I wanted them to. But, I mean, it, the essence of what he wrote was there. Right. You know, and... Everything goes through rewrites. It does. It does. Yeah. Uh, and then I have a few people in the office that like to help me out with this type of stuff, but for the most part, they're they're considered talent, you know, and mm -hmm. what made this project challenging for me was that in the beginning, we thought to ourselves, you know what, let's just put ourselves in it. We don't have to worry about scheduling anybody's calendar. We don't have to worry about who's going to be in it. We'll make the story about us and then we just put it together. And dude, it is turning out to be so much more work being <laughs> in it than if I had just gotten somebody else to be in it. Oh, man. Yeah, so all the shots that I envision, like whenever we mm -hmm. don't have somebody to help with the camera, the camera's on a tripod. So panning shots and like zooming and, and you know, dollying in and stuff, I don't have anybody there to do those shots for me. And so I look back and I just think that's not what I envisioned. That's not what I yeah. wanted. <laughs> So, yeah, it's been challenging, but it's been fun. And that's the thing. Every time we've put one of these together, uh, I have all sorts of fun. Like, I love this. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my passion, right? Like, creating stuff is my passion. And yeah. as much as I want to be doing it on a daily basis, I don't get to do it on a daily basis. So, that, so when I do get to do it, I put everything into it. Mm-hmm. You know? and That's awesome. You know, sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't, and sometimes... You strike gold, and sometimes people look at you like, really? That's what came out of your head? <laughs> but so I this is going to be – so it's going to be presented at like an all-company meeting? Is yeah, that what it is? Yeah. Okay. With, okay. With just over 200 people from five different states coming in. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's very yeah. cool. Every quarter we have wow. just everybody comes in. We do trainings and stuff like that, but they try to make it fun. So they have mm -hmm. guest presenters and everything. And right in the middle of the whole thing, like right before lunch or right after lunch, they've been showing these films. Uh, right. Because prior to us doing them, they were just boring. 
<laughs> kind of dredge through the day. So right. they kind of help. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, but enough about me. How are you, sir? Oh, man, I'm busy myself. I uh, just got out of work uh, about 45 minutes ago, something like that. I worked a 14 and a half hour day. So, oh. yeah, we're in our busy season where I work. So my, my day job is keeping me um, burning the candle at both ends right now. So and then, you know, prepping for the Popzilla show and a in a week or so um yeah. i'm i'm kind of in the same boat as you where i'm not getting much sleep right now yay. but yay but i'd rather be busy than bored you know you know that's kind of how i feel yeah i don't know if your brain works like this but i always feel that my brain is in eighth gear permanently and mm-hmm. so if i don't do something to occupy that my brain just like it, it takes the better of me and like right. sometimes I feel like my creative side, you know, like my my analytical side and my creative side want to do these projects that I know need to be done or I want to get done. But then the two hemispheres of my brain begin to collide. Yeah. You know, and it just kind of drives me insane. So I have to do these projects basically to keep me from going nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that. I, I, I have to kind of keep, keep busy artistically, uh, you know, just to keep the momentum going because I'll come to a crashing halt. Like if I take two days off, then getting started again on that third day, oh my gosh, it's nearly impossible. Oh yeah. And truth be told, that's kind of the reason why I decided to do this episode even if it was, you know, shorter, whatever it turns out to be compared to the mm-hmm. other episodes, because uh, I've heard from people, you know, that take a week off or whatever, even if it was planned, that it's always hard for them to get back into it because they realize like, oh, you know, it's OK. I miss one week. I can miss another week. But right. I know that I would miss it. And I know that there's, you know, a 12 or 13 people that listen to us that would be upset if we didn't put out an episode. You know, right. and I'd, I'd be one of them. I, I well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> and so, Absolutely. you know, I want to make sure that for those bakers dozen, you know, that we have something <laughs> out, you know, if, if it's a part yeah. of their week and it makes them happy, then I want to make sure that we put something out uh, and hopefully it makes them happy. You know, but, you know, if, if you have any problems with anything, you know, Javier at podcateers.com is <laughs> where you can send all your complaints. Perfect. But if you have anything good to say, just hazen at podcateers.com or comments at podcateers.com, whichever you prefer. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So how is your painting coming along? I know last week you... Uh, Yeah, it's it's done. I've printed it and sent it off, and it should be arriving in sunny Southern California tomorrow. Ooh. So, yeah. I'm excited. I'm pumped too. I, I'm excited to just, you know, meet some of the other artists and, and really see all the other art that's going to be there and, you know, hopefully mingle with some art lovers. And I, it's, I think it's going to be a fun night. I think so too. Uh, this will mark the fourth event that I've uh, been to that Sam puts on. Oh, and cool. each one of them is just so fun, dude. You are not yeah. going to regret coming to the event and being a part of it. Um, the the talent pool 
I mean, Sam has such a great eye for mm-hmm. like putting these things together that he doesn't necessarily look for art that emulates, you know, what what's already done. He mm-hmm. looks for people that can twist what's there into their own style and put something nice. out there that is still recognizable as, you know, that product that they're, you know, in this case, you know, Haunted Mansion, but right. a completely different twist that is nothing like Disney would ever put out. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm excited to see your piece. You know, are you going to give anybody a sneak peek? Are you going to post it or are you going to uh, wait for yeah, people to I, see it? No, I've actually already posted it uh, mm-hmm. on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. So um, feel free to repost anybody out there if you've seen it. Uh, spread the word and just trying to, you know, basically all of us artists that are in the show are, are trying to just spread the word and get as many people out to the show as we can. Um, just to pr- promote the gallery and promote, you know, each other as artists. So, uh, yeah. So my concept, if you want to go see it, you can look at Gavin Audison Art on um, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, and it's basically my concept for the piece was, like you said, it's a total twist that Disney would never do. But the Haunted Mansion opened at Disneyland in August of 1969. And it opened six days before another famous American event, and that is the Woodstock Music Festival, which is synonymous with, you know, the 1960s and rock and roll and hippie culture and all that. So basically, I designed a 60s style rock and roll poster called Spookstock, and it's basically posing the mansion as a West Coast music venue. And, uh, you know, it features a lot of rock and roll artists who you may think, you know, but all of their names are like spooky puns. Ah, so, I love it. I'm looking at yeah. it right now. This is so good, dude. Oh, thanks, man. It's kind of my spooky, groovy, psychedelic twist on, you know, an attraction that came out of the, the groovy 1960s. Can I tell you who would just possibly just eat this up completely? <laughs> Rolly. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, his artwork is just so uh, eclectic. Yeah, it definitely is. Like, this is kind of right up his alley. Well, who knows? Maybe he'll be at the show. Oh, maybe? Hmm, (laughs) Maybe. Man, so I I just noticed that you posted this three days ago. So first off, I'm going to start off by apologizing. Uh, You're busy. (laughs) Double tapping, you know, as, (laughs) as you all should. You know, uh-huh. head over. If you're not following Gavin on Instagram, you should. It's Gavin Audison Art. It's G-A-V-I-N-O-T-T-E-S-O-N-A-R-T. And if that was too fast for you, it's okay. Just head to the blog post. I'll make sure that all of his links are in there, pocketeers.com slash 177. And nice. uh, you'll see the the piece of art there. I'll make sure that I uh, take the code and I put Gavin's poster so you can like it and stuff on the blog post as well. Yeah, cool. Um. Do you want to hear a couple uh, bad things about what's been going on? And this is more woe is me and boo-hoo, first world problems, you know, second uh-huh. guy with the past, right? Right. Um, so one, guess who didn't get a chance to ever ride Monsters After Dark? Oh, you didn't once? Not once. Wow. You had yeah. like a month and a half. I know. And Jeez. there was two days that I thought I had open and I was ready uh-huh. to go. And something came up both times. 
Uh, but, but Lynette got a chance to go on it. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Did she like it? Uh, I think she, yeah, she loved it. Uh, she was there oh, with cool. our friend Jill and okay. they got a chance to write it a couple of times. I, I think she was there with Jill, but I don't know if there was a bigger group. Uh, but yeah, she got a chance to write it and I remember her kind of raving about it. Uh, so yeah, I didn't get a chance to experience that. I'm pretty bummed about it, man. And then, um, this last weekend, you know, we had the Walk for Hope, which was the cancer walk. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. everyone who supported us, everyone who's hit me up on Instagram and sent me messages on Twitter saying that you guys want to donate. We do have, I think, two or three more weeks. I'm going to find an exact date and I'll post it up on Instagram and the stories uh, and on Twitter. And I'll post a link in case you guys want to toss a few bucks our way. We are about 20 plus percent uh from our goal the goal was a thousand dollars for this event and we're just over 200 right now but the way that i see it is it's 200 dollars that they didn't have to try to save somebody's life before absolutely uh i'm very happy and i'm very honored to have had that money and your products you know uh provided for us so that we can hold those auctions and the money that Mm -hmm. we raised Uh, i had a lot of fun at the walk that day it's a little surreal sometimes because they have a like a tent that's called the survivors Mm -hmm. pavilion and man it is one of the most emotional freaking things like i tried to vlog that morning and just walking by the survivor (laughs) pavilion you see all these women with these sashes that say survivor and they're they're all given a rose they're given the sash and they're all there just like in tears holding each other you know and Uh, hugging the doctors and just meeting donors, you know, who donated bone marrow or whatever the case is, dude, I I couldn't hold it together. Like I, I walked away from there just so emotional that it it was a very powerful thing to see. Let me just say, wow, it was absolutely powerful to see. Uh, So it, it was very inspiring, you know, just seeing how many people, uh, are it, it, it's so weird because when you help a charity, you know, you do it because you feel some connection to it, right? And mm-hmm. City of Hope is a little different because when I first started there, uh, it was a job. You know, for me, it, it, it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, my direct passion and, except these little projects that I do, right? But over the course of time that I've been there, I've seen how passionate the people are there and I've seen how on a daily basis they want to save people's lives. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's funny because one of the things that uh, our CEO told us one time was, you know, the worst four letter word you could ever tell a cancer patient is wait. And when he said that to me, I, it just hit me like in my head, I'm thinking like, Oh, it's one of those words, huh? And then he said that word. And I got to tell you, my jaw dropped. And yeah. I think that was kind of the turning point for me where like I it really opened my eyes and I began to see the larger mission, you know. Mm-hmm. And so now I really support what they do. And even though it's not directly what I would say I, I'd want to do with my life, I enjoy being there and I enjoy the difference that it's making in people's lives. That's so. awesome. That's really cool. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So the walk happened. I tried to vlog. I didn't get a chance to vlog a lot of it because, quite frankly, I, I, I felt like I was enjoying myself 
that day. Well, so well, that's good. I have enough footage to say that I started the vlog and then <laughs> and then just a piece of footage of me crossing the finish line. Nope, scratch that. I forgot to film that. But I oh. did film, but I did film myself on the way to the car because I realized that I only had one battery with me and it was about to die and I thought okay so I better at least wrap this up and so mm -hmm. I'm trying to rant everything off before the battery dies and so I sounded like I was forced to do it <laughs> it sounds so bad oh, but man. I got it recorded before the battery died if that's, that's good that there counts you go. for anything right <laughs> nice so was it a 5k it was a 5k yeah they have a okay. two and a half and they have a 5k uh nice. i don't know if they're ever gonna do anything larger than that but okay. uh yeah this is now my second time walking it and i've and i've mm -hmm. actually volunteered to help run it once okay yeah which so is... where did you walk they we walk all around the campus they they oh, set up an okay. entire trail which starts off right in front of the hospital and they block mm -hmm. out the streets. And so you walk all around the campus and they kind of like twist and turn you and, you know, okay. talk about powerful moments. Uh, aside from the survivor pavilion, there's one portion of the walk where they walk you down right in front of the main hospital. And there's all of these children in the pediatrics department that can't leave their rooms or like the floor because it's quarantined. And so oh. you see all these children just waving at you. Wow. Top floor. Dude, I'm telling you, man, it is just <laughs> one of those things where you look at that stuff and you're like, I got you, buddy. You oh, know? man, that's crazy. So, uh, I can't wait till you guys do it with us. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Goosebumps just thinking about it. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, so, yeah. So, I didn't get a chance to ride Monsters After Dark. Dapper Day happened this weekend. And again, woe is me. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to go, and I know. I know that's one of your days, man. I look, I <laughs> I know I kind of joke about this, but in, I'm kind of serious when I say it that I, I feel know. I feel like there's two days on Instagram that I'm relevant. Both of those days are Dapper Day. <laughs> <laughs> Every other day is just kind of like cool pick, bro. Next, but on Dapper Days, <laughs> for at least a week, you know, like people like my God, it's like they love me. But that's this crazy time, to me. Yeah, and this time, and, and that's not the only thing. You know, I love meeting new people, and I get, and I mm -hmm. love getting a chance to say you know hello to all the people that I've met in the past. But uh, it is right. one of my favorite days, uh, at least theme days at the park, and the fact that I mean we did get a chance to go. We showed up right after six thirty, but the mm -hmm. expo ends at seven, and by six thirty it was already dark. And guess who forgot his flash? this guy oh. so i couldn't even take pictures in the evening you know so i yeah. i feel like i just lost out on the day but yeah it is what it is i mean i i kicked myself pretty much the rest of the day about it i was a uh, dude i was so grumpy when i got at the park <laughs> <laughs> like there was we met up with melissa and and our uh -huh. friend jill and uh, they were just like, seriously, you're you're acting like a petulant child right now. Like, <laughs> I know. And I accept that because, quite frankly, I'm upset. <laughs> but it was uh, bad. Well, there'll be another one in six months. I know. 
but it's not the same. <laughs> That's crazy. I've actually, I was there for the Dapper Day last fall. Uh, I didn't dapper myself, but I did get to experience, and that's the only one I've ever been to. Um, and it was it was cool. It was neat seeing everybody dressed up. Um, I, I think it's a cool, it's a really cool concept that they they kind of took it and ran with it and made it into a thing, even though it's not like an official Disney thing. Um, it's kind of a weird phenomenon, but it's it's kind of neat. It's a really neat idea. I like it. You know what's funny? It seems like Disney has also embraced it because in the last two years especially, they've been retweeting. And whenever they talk about that day in particular, they're like, are Mm -hmm. you dapper today? Show us your dapper pics. It's like, wow, this is not your thing, and yet you are promoting it. That's interesting. Um, That brings a lot of people into the park. Oh, it sure does, especially to the hotel. Who yeah. people that stay there, they eat at the restaurants because, mm-hmm. you know, the expo is three days. So even if people don't buy a ticket to the park, they're obviously going to get some money from the vendors that are right. at the Dapper Day Expo. So they kind of win either way. It's just funny that it wasn't their thing and that they're embracing it. Yeah. I didn't realize the expo was a three-day event now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think they, you know, they realize that there are these kind of community-driven events that happen, and if they, like, as long as as they don't infringe upon Disney or the Disney brand, which something like this clearly doesn't, it almost celebrates the Disney brand, uh, they'd be dumb not to embrace it to some extent, you know? It, it It makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I guess the fear would be if they decide to take it over and then, like, charge an event ticket or something, you know, like they do for the Halloween parties. That would be the, the worst thing that they could do. But Yeah, I, I agree. I think they're cool, though. I, I, I enjoyed uh, – I think we have tentative plans to dapper ourselves up for the next one in the spring. Oh, yeah. And, and, and be there and, 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 and experience it fully then that means so. that we'll have to head over to uh, Carthay Circle and have ourselves a drink. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That's probably the hardest place to get into on Dapper Day. On Dapper Day, you don't say. <laughs> it actually is. Oh, man, I bet. And, I bet. and considering that Cove Bar is uh, going to be closed, you know. Oh, when is that closed? Oh, for the Pixar Pier remake? Yeah. Oh, are they closing that whole area down? uh, For the most part, yeah. So I guess that's a a good transition, right? Yeah, let's talk about it. it. Absolutely. Your your initial thoughts. You know, we posted the fact that Disney posted all this information about what's coming Mm -hmm. to uh, Pixar Pier. Formally, as of next April, Paradise Pier. Uh, What are your initial thoughts? Uh, first of all, I'm super excited of the retheming of California Screamin' as the Incredicoaster. That, to me, was the most exciting. I was afraid they were going to put yet another Slinky Dog Coaster in place. And I got to tell you, I'm not impressed with Slinky Dog Coaster in any of its iterations. I just think it it's kind of weak. And what they're doing with Toy Story Land and Disney World, not really that impressed with. So I was glad that they didn't go that way with the 
coaster at DCA. Um, looking at the redesign of kind of the queue and, and some of that area for it, it looks like it's going to be pretty incredible, no pun intended. Right. Uh, but ultimately, and I think I commented on the Podcateers post that I really think they need to, if they're going to sell this fully, I think they need to add a new attraction in that area. And if it was me, I'd get rid of that midway game section because I don't think that's really a necessary piece of the puzzle anymore that you're not trying to mimic an old time peer amusement park. So I think they need to consider that. And that's what I'm kind of waiting to hear is, is if they're going to add a new attraction. So I guess to rebut that, is there realistically enough space to do that though? Because if you think about the midway games, they're really up against the street, you know, at the end of the park. Between the games and between the end of the park, there is enough of a pathway where a car can drive through when they're dropping stuff off backstage. And the only mm-hmm. reason I know that is because when we did the 5K a couple of months ago, a month ago, whenever it was, that was part of the route when we yeah. did the Incredibles 5K. So realistically, I don't think there's enough space to put another attraction in there uh, unless it's something small uh, considering mm-hmm. that space what do you think would fit there because obviously we're not going to get a new coaster maybe a new dark ride if they did it right yeah you know but what would you put there well um you know i think that you know in today's attraction technology range where so much is 3d or even vr um maybe you could have some sort of a something that's contained in a smaller space but your experience is bigger because you know you're wearing glasses or some sort of a a head unit that takes you into a bigger place so maybe they could kind of work that kind of technology in maybe you can finally get your wally attraction somehow in there um yeah i mean i don't know i don't have any specific ideas but I mean, it seems to me like that road behind there that you're talking about, I've actually been on that road too in my car because they use that sometimes as a reroute when Mickey and friends fills up and they're Mm -hmm. routing you to one of those other parking lots and they take you down that road that kind of wraps around the backside of DCA and spits you out onto Harbor. But I don't know. I mean, I think you mentioned the last time I was on the show with you that, you know, there's potential that they would, ultimately close that area between paradise pier and the paradise pier hotel and you know i don't know i mean maybe future plans maybe this isn't like right now like when they're going to reopen it as pixar pier but maybe as future plussing for that land once they if they were going to make a move like that and close that area between those two and just expand the park then that's when you could have room for a, a larger scale attraction. But I don't know. I just feel like to me, I feel like, okay, if you just put new window dressing on, the, on all the existing rides, it's, it can make it neat to look at, but you can't really reinvent California screaming like you did with the tower of terror. Right. Right. Like that feels like it's a new ride. And and it's crazy that it does because it's the simplest ride system, but they made it feel like a totally new ride. I don't think you can do that with a roller coaster, you know? And so I feel like there's not really going to be anything new. It's just going to look 
different on the outside. That's why I just kind of feel like it 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 begs for a new attraction. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying with the retheming of of California Screaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if they added certain experiences, like they added just a couple things throughout the coaster itself, you know, uh, some kind of 4D element to it, I think yeah, it would make cool. it a little bit different that people might think, okay, you know, that was worth the change. Uh, the retheming itself, I think for a lot of people, it, it's just going to be fresh. And I think a lot of people want to see that. It's just weird that they're concentrating on the pier because mm-hmm. they're calling it Pixar Pier, but for some reason, they're not creating any cohesion with Cars Land, another Pixar property, and right. Bugs Land, another Pixar <laughs> property. And they're right. all so close to each other that I don't understand why they're not saying, like, hey, let's just gut this whole other part and just make it all one giant new piece of land. You know, yeah. don't call it Pixar Pier, call it Pixar Land, and just all of it you know, will become, you know, part of the Pixar family. And, and they, the fa- they'd have to change it to Pixar Wharf then because that's right in the middle. Yeah, but they can still, I mean, they could still do that because, one, Emeryville is up by San Francisco. And True. And that is the home of Pixar. Uh, well, yep. kind of. But that's where Pixar was, <laughs> right? And yeah. one, it's up north, so it makes sense considering that area mm-hmm. is supposed to be like San Francisco. And mm-hmm. two, you know, they talked about how they're going to create all these little neighborhoods inside of the Pixar inside of Pixar Pier, where they have mm-hmm. a Toy Story neighborhood, an Inside Out neighborhood. Why not shift Inside Out into that San Francisco region because that's where it took place? Yeah, absolutely. You see what I mean? Like, there's that's... so much that they can do to build that cohesion that it just mm-hmm. it's odd that they're not doing it. And who's well, to say I wonder... that they won't? Right. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder if this is kind of phase one and this is all that they've revealed so far and that there aren't bigger plans. I mean, if Lasseter had his way, I think the entire park would become Pixar. So, you know, I could see there being more wheels in motion further down the line for, you know, additional Pixar type elements to the park because, you know, I mean, Disneyland is kind of for the Walt Disney Studios and for LucasArts. And it seems like most of the Pixar stuff that happens, except for that upcoming nighttime thing that they're going to do, most of the Pixar stuff is over at DCA. So, I mean, I can see it evolving into more and more Pixar, uh, you know, as the years go by. And Did, I, I, I can't remember. Is there a, an, an opening date set for the new Pixar pier? So it's supposed to uh, officially it's opening up summer of 2018, but they're doing a soft open in April. And the reason that they're doing a soft open in April is because, you know, you just mentioned it right now. They're launching Pixar Fest at Disneyland in April. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's not just the nighttime thing that they're doing for Pixar. They're also doing the new parade. They're taking the play parade from California Adventure and they're moving it to Disneyland. Yeah. That's is, weird to me. Yeah. So they're getting rid of sound state. Oh, by the way, uh, the the positive that came out of me showing up so late to Dapper Day and not getting a chance to experience Dapper Day was uh-huh. the fact that cast members were handing out like reserved seating for the final Soundsational parade, uh, which was on Sunday. And oh. uh, Melissa, one of Melissa's friends, 
was one of the lucky people that a cast member had said, hey, would you like reserve seating? And she had a plus six. And so we were part of her plus six. And we had nice. reserved seating to the final Soundsational, which was oh, wow. pretty awesome. So Is that the seating like right in front of the castle? It was right in front of the castle. It oh, was, that's it was, so cool. It was facing... Uh, the it was facing the pathway that leads to the Matterhorn. So I was right between yeah. the castle and right between the Astral Orbiter. So, so cool. the only downside was that because it was the second show, technically we were looking at the back of the parade. So it was passing by us and we were seeing oh, the back of it. Oh, yeah, because so, it's going exactly. back north. Yeah. Right, so right. That was kind of the downside. But, you know, we were able to see yeah. it as it was coming towards us. We did get a chance to see the last sensational for now. You know, there aren't plans. They haven't officially said if it's coming back or if it's going away. But, uh, yeah, at least for now, I don't think there's a lot of talk about it because since Halloween just ended this last weekend, November 10th is the official kickoff of Christmas time at Disneyland, Mm -hmm. which is Mm -hmm. when they bring the Christmas parade. You know, so – I, because that takes place uh, around this time anyway, and Sensational would go away for the Christmas parade, I don't think pe- a lot of people realize that it may not come back. Because right. after the Christmas parade, that's when they kick off the the Pixar play parade. You know, so you know we'll see what happens. We don't know if it's going to come back. I hope it comes back, or I hope it yeah, comes I like back with one. a couple of new floats. I happen to really like Sensational. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, just to to finish up this whole Pixar thing, uh, one thing that I was a little surprised about was considering all of the changes that are happening and uh, considering that they're adding Pixar characters to each one of the gondolas on Mickey's Fun Wheel, it's surprising to me that Mickey is still going to be there. I agree. I agree with that, yeah. I think it would have been better off as a Luxo ball. I was thinking either Luxo or it seems like more or less when you see like, okay, so like all of the posters around the D23 Expo, right? Like there's always one character that represents each wing of the company. So like for the Walt Disney Studios, it was always Tinkerbell. And for Pixar, it was always Buzz Lightyear. And I kind of felt like it would be Buzz because he's kind of become somewhat the mascot for the brand. and I, so I thought it would either be that or um, the the Luxo Junior Ball, but yeah, it's weird that it's Pixar Pier and yet it's Mickey's face is the biggest thing you see in that whole area. I know. That's I, I don't know. I totally get weaning people into the changes, but it's just a change that doesn't make sense at this point. If right. you're gonna go through with this completely, you know, with this retheming of this land. Go mm-hmm. through with it. Don't yeah. leave remnants behind. And yeah. maybe they're leaving it because World of Color is going to remain. And there's elements of World of Color that you know may rely on Mickey and the Fun Wheel. But yeah. you know, even Screamin's logo is going to change. You know, it's right. not going to stay the same. It's going to have the big old Incredibles logo up there at some point. But yeah. I, I just feel like it would have been better off just being a giant Luxo ball. So what do you think is going to happen with all of the swing rides, like the the Silly Symphony swings and then the, the Zephyr 
and even um, Goofy's coaster, are those all going to be changing over to Pixar? Do you think it swings around all the way? So I can't say anything yet for the swings and for the Zephyr. Uh, but I know for a fact that Goofy Sky School is getting uh, a retheming as well. Okay. Uh, what it's getting rethemed to, it's escaping me right now. But uh, I do remember reading that that's getting rethemed. Uh, okay. Everything else just seems weird that it's going to remain as well because it's kind of like, hey, look, here's all this Pixar stuff and Ariel and the Zephyr. Right. You know? Right. And so that's why I keep saying if you're going to retheme it, do the whole thing. Right. You know, don't just do that half of the water. Do everything. Mm-hmm. Do it right. Well, since the Cove Bar and Ariel's Grotto is in all the concept artwork, I would assume that's changing over to Pixar, right? Oh, it is. And it is upsetting quite the many. Really? Oh, I mean, yeah. I I like those things, but I don't think the theme is necessarily the strongest thing about them. I don't think you know? it's the theme, though. I think for Cove Bar, and really for Cove Bar, it's not even the Cove Bar. It's Ariel's Grotto. There's a lot of families that take their children to the experience mm-hmm. of the character breakfast there. Uh, well, it's going to be Pixar characters now. Right, right. But when they like to see the princesses or they like to see Mickey and Minnie, if they did swap over to all the Pixar characters, some people may not like that. And again, it has to do with the park is evolving and not every yeah. change that is made, everyone is going to like, right? Right. But the fact that it's closing for so for so long and we don't even know what's coming back in its place is mm-hmm. it's I'm not going to say I'm going to worry about it because, you know, <laughs> I don't frequent those establishments enough to have to worry about it. Uh, I think my only time that I almost ate at Cove Bar. Uh, <laughs> did I ever tell you about that? I don't think so. So, I, so wait, you've never eaten there? Never eaten at Cove Bar. Dude, I, the I've, lobster nachos are ridiculous. I know. I keep seeing pictures. <laughs> so there's two things. There, there's two things with that, okay? One, technically I'm allergic to shellfish. Oh, okay. And so I eat it anyway because, quite frankly, how else are you going to develop a tolerance to it, right? (laughs) So uh, usually I'll carry some Benadryl or something with me, and it's not bad enough that I need an EpiPen, but, you know, my throat gets scratchy and all sorts of crap. But I have seen pictures, and I have always wanted to try the lobster nachos. And so there was this one time where some of my friends had gathered there. No, Mm -hmm. and – it, this is I, I just realized that it's the second time that I missed out on eating there. So the first oh, time man. I had some friends that were meeting there and the wait time was just so long that ultimately they decided, you know what, let's just go eat somewhere else. And mm-hmm. we did. And I didn't get a chance to eat there. The oh. second time was after the last Pocketeers movie meetup where the fairy okay. godparents and a couple of other listeners said, you know what, let's go get some food together. And the idea was to go to Cove Bar because it's one of the places that has vegan entrees. And we, oh. I'm sorry, uh, not vegan, uh, gluten free entrees. And we have a couple of fairy godparents and some listeners that are gluten free. So when they join us, we try to be mindful of that. Sure. So we went to Cove Bar. We sat down, like we walked in, we sat down, they gave us our menus, and I'm looking through the map. Oh my God, I'm going to get this. And ooh, that looks delicious. Anybody want to <laughs> split this? All right, cool. All right, who has cash? 
Now I got a card. I got a card. I got a card. I got a card. I got cash. I got a card. I got a card. Okay. Excuse me, sir. Uh, would you mind splitting this up into nine different checks? Oh, no. We can only split it to four. What? But there's nine of us, and we <laughs> all have cards. Can you at least split it on the cards when you're charging? Yeah, I can only split it to four. What? So what you're saying is you can't do nine. I can only do four. That's insane. And so we all closed our menus and we put them on the table and we stood up and we walked out. Oh, because we couldn't split the check. Man. So before we even ordered, uh, we were told that, you know, the, we, no Cove bar for you. And so I think we ended That's up going insane. to Whitewater Snacks or something like that. Okay. So I want to I want to I want to jump in here real quick. You talked about the wait time there, and now from the time the Cove Bar opens until the time it closes, there's a queue out in front of it, and it is an epic wait uh -huh. just to get a table there. But that didn't always used to be the case. That's only been the last couple years, maybe. Up until then, it was like this amazingly well-kept secret that it was there. I used to always love being able to just jump right in there, go up to the bar and, you know, have a cocktail and then go about my amusement park day. But now it's like you got to take two hours out of your day just to experience it. Yeah, I don't know what happened that let everybody know all of a sudden that it was like this great place. Instagram. It's, it's weird. Is that what it is? Instagram happened, yeah. That uh, might be it. Cove Bar definitely needs a fast pass. So if Disney finds a way Heck to yeah. add it to Max Pass, it's totally worth it. Uh, <laughs> so honestly, I really think what happened is the influx in Instagram posts about the Cove Bar because how Maybe. many times are you going through Instagram and you realize, damn, I want them lobster nachos? Right. You know, or you look at a drink, it's like, what? They got this drink now? What? They make it? What? And so people keep posting these. <laughs> and so everybody, of course, wants to be the next person to post their food from Cove Bar. Sure. And sure. so if you don't, you're not one of the cool kids. So obviously, I'm not one of the cool kids. Uh... And so I know. <laughs> Woe is me, right? And right. so I think that's why the wait time is so long, that so many people want to go and take a picture of the food that they're eating, not necessarily because they like it, but because it's the cool thing to do. And right. so, you know, the line is now two hours. Man, they ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I wouldn't know. I've never eaten there. That's crazy. Uh, I can't <laughs> believe that you've never eaten. That's, that's nuts to me. We'll have to fix that. Yeah, we'll change that. So next time you're in town, well, no, because – how long are you going to be in town for the for the show? Um, basically less than 24 hours. Oh, I'm wow. Flying... You're literally just showing up for that? Yeah. My flight lands at 10 a.m. on Saturday, and then uh, my flight leaves Sunday morning at like 8 a.m. So about 22 hours I'll be in Southern California. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just, just coming in for the show, basically. Wow. Dude, that's yep. hardcore. I know. That well, is, you know, hardcore. I, we were just out there a couple of weeks ago, but you know, this came up and it's like, well, it's, it's important. And I feel like I need to be there. So I just buy another plane ticket and, you know, I'm sleeping on a friend's couch. And so it's going to be a quick semi-cheap trip. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
I'm glad you're coming out for it. Like I said, you're not going to be disappointed because the shows are just super cool. Plus, they happen uh, at the same time as the street fair and like the yeah. have, like a farmer's market and everything. And mm-hmm. there's a bunch of performers. There's a bunch of other kiosks and a bunch of other stuff for sale. Uh, but uh, I sent a message to Sam about possibly recording that evening. Uh, oh, cool. He says that it, depending on how things go, you know, he may end up doing it too. Oh, cool. Yeah, so we may end up just recording that week's episode right after the art show. And it'll be nice, nice to have you guys on together uh, because I think you guys have really good uh, takes on art in general. And every time that I've had a conversation with you guys, I enjoy it. So I think you guys will enjoy talking to each other too. Man, that would be so cool. Yeah, that makes me even more excited. Yeah, I mean, if we can get rid of Javier, though, I mean, oh, (laughs) damn, did I say that out loud? Uh, Edit, edit, edit. Note to self, edit that part out. Uh, So, yeah, man, this whole Pixar thing. uh, You know what? I want to throw it out to everyone listening right now. Uh, If you guys have read the articles and Mm -hmm. know about some of the stuff that's happening for Pixar Pier, let us know in the comment section of the blog post, uh, which isn't going to be a long blog post. I know usually I try to add information about things that we talk about. That may not happen for this episode, at least not for a day or two. I'll just be happy to get this episode out on time. I'm not lying, okay? I'm just happy that we're recording this episode. Um, But uh, I will put at least a link to the Disney blog post so that you guys can take a look at that. And then leave us a comment either on the blog post, on Instagram, or on Facebook, and tell us what you guys are looking forward to. And if you guys have any ideas as to what you might want to see in place of the Midway games, not Toy Story Midway Mania, but the other stuff that's out mm-hmm. in that corner, what would you replace it with? And what do you think would would be a, a good property that Pixar has to occupy that area? Uh, as we were talking, the one thing that came up to me was bring Monsters Incorporated over there. And then you Ooh. said, you know, the whole VR experience. Imagine mm-hmm. if they mixed up the dark ride with some you know, common or conventional, you know, tricks for dark rides, like some of the animatronics, but mm-hmm. then adding a VR element to it. Ooh, that uh, could be really cool. Right? Not yeah. a lot of space, mm-hmm. but you get an all new Monsters Incorporated, right? Which I think Monsters Inc. is still a pretty strong property for Pixar. Yeah, definitely. You know, so Absolutely. So that's what I thought about right now, just as we were talking, but let us know what you guys think. We'd love to hear what you guys uh, have to say about this. Uh, I know that we have some listeners that have some really great ideas, and I'm curious to see what they say. Totally. Um, let's see. What else? Sensational's gone. I took some quick notes before I called so, you. So did you hear the rumors about 20th Century Fox? Ah, uh, yes. Uh. 20th Century Fox. <laughs> What in the world? So it was really strange when I first saw that because it almost felt like we were getting trolled. Like, Mm -hmm. it didn't seem real. You know, Fox is such a huge, huge company, and they have such a vast library and a a huge list of of intellectual properties that I don't see them just folding over and saying, yeah, Disney, just go ahead and buy us. Right. I do think that there was talks between Disney and Fox 
to reincorporate Fantastic Four and some of the other Marvel properties back into Marvel mm-hmm. Studios. But yeah. I don't think it was going to be for the entire studio or for yeah, the entire Yeah, I heard library. it was for pieces of the business. So, yeah, I think I think that's probably likely. I, I can't imagine that they would have any real interest in the Fox Animation Studios or anything like that. Um, I mean, they don't they don't need it you know in any way so i i I find it very weird i don't i don't see any major acquisition happening there so i mean maybe maybe they just want to pay to have the 20th century fox fanfare be in front of star wars again i don't know oh that's interesting it's 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 a weird it's a weird play i i get the marvel side of it like that's the only kind of angle that kind of makes any sense to me yeah so but I mean, do they really need the Fantastic Four? Well, I think. Uh, I don't think it's a matter of needing them. Or I, is it X-Men that they need? Well, it's kind of everything. That's the problem. So huh. I think so, – okay, so he, there's a couple of things that I believe are happening, which completely could not be true, but this is what <laughs> I am speculating, okay? All right. So I think that in the last year or so – Bob Iger and Stan Lee have become chummy, right? Sure. And sure. now that Stan Lee is a Disney legend, I think Bob Iger has taken it upon himself to say, you know what, Stan? I'm going to make it my mission before I leave to try to bring all of your properties back to the Disney umbrella so that it's all under Marvel Studios again instead of leaving them scattered everywhere. And nice. I think that's where it may have come from. So, again, I don't think that there was talks to buy a bunch of different properties because, like you said, what does Disney want with all these additional Fox properties? You know, if anything, they want the Marvel stuff back. And right. maybe they're like in this weird like a la carte deal where it's like a cable company, right? It's like, yeah, you can have your X-Men back, but, uh, yeah, you got to take uh, this other show. You know, it's like in these weird right. like, bundles, it's like on a monthly basis, you'll pay $50 for X-Men and only one of the Fantastic Four. But if you upgrade <laughs> to this package, you'll get all four of the Fantastic Four, plus you'll get Silver Surfer, <laughs> you know? Nice. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the case, but I really do believe that at this point that the Disney company is really making a concentrated effort to get all of the Marvel properties back mm-hmm. because you know I don't I haven't seen anybody do justice to superhero movies and you know DC does a pretty good job for the most part and mm-hmm. uh I forgot to tell Javier that um James Gunn you know director of Guardians of the Galaxy uh uh-huh defended batman v superman dang well let me rephrase that he <laughs> he defended Zack snyder oh okay yeah okay. so he defended Zack snyder and some of the choices that he made but for the most part he kind of defended batman v superman and he said guys seriously we don't need to start this war just get over it already right and this is from the guy that did guardians so anyway i know little sidebar <laughs> So yeah, nice. so I think they are gonna try to to get all those properties back because, you know, if Disney uh, or people at Marvel Studios want, here's the difference: the people at Marvel Studios grew up with these comic books and have either mm-hmm. worked on them for years, either the print editions or you know cartoons in the past, whatever the case is, 
Uh, and if they didn't, they grew up loving these properties. They didn't know. They maybe did or didn't know about who owns what and who owns the rights to this. All they know is that they like those characters. Right. And a lot of the X-Men movies have been, eh, they, they've been okay. You know, they're not going to be something that I watch all the time, but, you know, they're fun. They're X-Men movies. Uh, if if there was ever an X-Men movie that I was looking forward to, it's probably Gambit's. You know, okay. but other than that, oh, well, Jessica Alba. I mean, she was <laughs> too. Anyway, so uh, what was I saying? I said Jessica Alba and I lost my Yeah, thought. you lost it all. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I think that if the people that are already at Marvel Studios that are doing this fantastic job with all these other properties take hold of these new ones, I think we could see a resurgence in those characters. I think they would do the movies justice uh, instead of just producing these movies because they have to. Because I kind of feel like that's been the case with uh, Fantastic Four and especially Spider-Man, where at one point I remember reading something about uh, how, and maybe I'm, I'm mangling this because it's so long ago that I read it, but I think it says something along the lines of, Sony and Fox keep producing these movies every X amount of years because it's in the contract in order for them to hold on to the property. If they don't, oh. they lose it to Marvel. Really? Yeah. So they put wow. out these movies not because they're great. It's because it's their way of saying, yeah, here's another movie. We still got it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So And it makes them tons of money when they do. Right. But... I mean, think of how good Homecoming has been versus all the other Spider-Men. Yeah, I know that's Sony, but you mm -hmm. know that's the prime example, right? You had a little bit of Disney influence, you had a little bit of Iron Man, and boom, you know, you had an amazing Spider-Man movie. Well, I can't speak to that because I didn't see it, but it it brings up an idea for me, which I would consider myself an absolutely casual superhero movie fan so basically what i mean by that is it has to be just the right superhero movie for me to be interested at all so like you know i gave the whole marvel studios avengers universe uh, an honest go but i gotta tell you after a while the idea of keeping up with all of them gets a little exhausting because what they're doing with having them all under the same umbrella is they're almost necessitating that you have to see all of them because they're all connected. Yes. And it just, it gets tiresome. And, and so I imagine if they bring in X-Men and Fantastic Four and, you know, if their universes collided in the comic books, they're going to want to make them collide on screen as well. And they've, you know, mapped out the next 10 years of films. And, man, I just find that so uh, overwhelming in a, in a way, you know. It's like, I don't know, it's hard to pick and choose in that universe. You can't just say, oh, I like Iron Man. I, I'll watch the Iron Man movies. But then you miss out on this whole other segment of all the Avengers movies, you know. So then you're like, okay, well, I'll watch the Avengers movies. And then he shows up in Spider-Man. You're like, oh, well, now i got to watch Spider-Man. And it's just, I don't know. Maybe maybe that suits the modern consumer. But me as an old guy, 
I kind of like the maximum to be like a trilogy, you know, like Back to the Future, three up, three down, we're good to go. You know, I, I just, I don't know. It, that may be the old guy in me, but I just don't need more and more and more and more of the same thing. What do, what do you feel about that kind of thing? Uh, one, I think you're giving a lot of credit to Back to the Future 3. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> Maybe that was a bad example. <laughs> no, I think it was a great example. Uh, uh, so I kind of agree with you. Uh, I do believe that the movies are getting to a point where you do have to watch all of them in order to really know what's going on in every one of them because right. they all have these tie-ins either at the end of the credits or they tell you something that's going to happen in another one or they make a reference to to that thing in one of the new films and you wonder, well, when did they say that? It's, oh, it was at the end of the credits of this movie four years ago. It's like, right. well, I, I didn't see that. So I totally get what you're saying. Uh, when you were saying, oh, well, Iron Man's in this, Iron Man's in that, I totally fell into that hook, line, and sinker because I saw all the Iron Man, Iron Man movies because, well, I mean, Iron Man was what kicked off the MCU. Uh, but right. then I didn't really watch many of the other films until later on because Iron Man wasn't in all of them. So okay. I skipped out on certain things like Winter Soldier, on Thor, uh, like all these movies that Iron Man wasn't a part of. Now I've seen them because I own most of them, uh, but because I did want, you know, to to kind of know what's going on. And one thing that I can say is that uh, growing up, it was difficult for me to read comic books for the same reason because there was so many crossovers and there was so right. many things that happened all the time that you never knew which storyline was canon. But then you ask the writers and they say, well, they're all canon. It's like, yeah, but Wolverine just did this and now he's doing this and now he's dead and now he's alive <laughs> in this one. And now it's like his alter ego. And so there was all these like things that were always happening that would just confuse the hell out of me. And I just thought to myself, you know what? I'm just going to stop reading comic books because it was just easier to keep up with one storyline instead of going into all these other like mini stories that they would do. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what they're doing with the MCU now. Now, mm -hmm. in Infinity War, and for the most part, I, I want to say uh, the next Avengers movie and Guardians, or the next Guardians movie, is kind of the end of this stage of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because right. all of the characters are either, you know, out of contract, you know, and they're all much older than they when they started 10 years ago. And, mm -hmm. they, I mean, they don't want to be these characters forever, right? But right. at the same time, um, there's all these other characters in the, in the Marvel Universe that we haven't even seen yet. And if Infinity War happens to follow the same storyline that the comic book did, a lot of people are not going to make it out. I'm not going to oh. say who, but a right. lot of them are not going to make it out. You know, and it it's hardly a spoiler for me to say, and it's kind of a main character because at this point they're all main characters, right? Well, and and it's not a spoiler because that the comics have been out for a long time, right? That's that is the <laughs> other thing, but right. for those that haven't read the comics, like I said, it's hardly a spoiler because at this point every single one of the members of the Avengers, except for maybe Natasha, who I believe needs her own movie 
has their own movie. Right. You know, they're all stars on their own and they are all the Avengers and you know, that's that's how it is. So Infinity War is going to bring in this litany of new characters and so they are going to kick off this like new version of the MCU going forward. Any of the remaining members of the MCU will be there for the first few films to guide them and to kind of be like the old timers guiding the new, like the new class. Right. Right. But right. Th- I think this is kind of the end of the MCU as we know it. And it's going to be interesting to see if how, how ingrained the next chapter of the MCU is going to be considering, like you said, they're working, you know, they, they intertwine them so much and what would happen if they got all these characters back? Yeah, well, that that's yeah, that's perfect loop back to the original part of the conversation is if if that's the course that they're on, you know, if if it's going to be, you know, the remaining characters of the MCU are going to kind of carry on the mantle. Well, as an entertainment company, you've already used up all your most iconic characters that you have. So it's like it makes sense that they'd be going after these other properties to try and bring them into the fold because you know, after the Avengers, you know, the only other competitors really on that level would have to be like the X-Men or Fantastic Four or, you know, Spider-Man. I know that's another company, but, you know, I, I think that that lends credence to the whole thing as well. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I mean, all of my uh, negativity, so to speak, towards the the enormity of the MCU and how it's turned me off in a lot of ways. All that being said, I can't wait to see Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) I'm really excited about that movie. Thor is actually my Avenger. He's the one character that I really, really like. Okay. And um, my second favorite would be um, Hulk. So that's, that's why I still haven't seen civil war. And that's why I'm I'm really excited to see Thor Ragnarok because those are kind of the the two characters that I enjoyed the most, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty pumped to see it. Um, uh, the reviews so far are pretty good, so yeah, I'm I, excited about that one. I'm excited about I'm actually excited about this Thor movie as compared to the other ones because the other ones I felt were just I mean they they were serious films right yeah for for what they're supposed to be. But I think what's most exciting about this one for me is that it seems to be on the level uh, of comedy as Guardians. Yeah, that's what people are saying. That's awesome. And the Guardians films were just so freaking funny. You oh, know, yeah. Both of them were just so good that this mm-hmm. one is on that level. And like you said, there's this, there's this just great chemistry between Thor and the Hulk <laughs> that – uh, even from the shorts that they were doing, and uh, did you yep. ever see any of the shorts? I did. Yeah, I did. they were good. <laughs> from the shorts to like all this chemistry, plus the fact that in this one they finally address where was Hulk this entire time, right? You know, because the fact that he just kind of disappeared was just odd. So I'm glad they're finally addressing that. But yeah, yeah totally. I'm actually looking forward to this Thor film. Cool. All right, man. Uh, I I wanted to make this a short episode, and we just talked for (laughs) over an hour. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I didn't even realize it until I looked at my phone, and it said, (laughs) yeah, you've been talking for over an hour. 
Nice. But that's awesome. Uh, that's See, that's what I'm saying. I love talking to you because it never feels like we're talking for that long. I know. It flies by. I know. All right. Well, before we close out the episode, uh, I do want to send out a reminder that this episode of Pocketeers is brought to you by listeners just like you. We like to call those listeners our fairy godparents. And if you would like to support our podcast and become a fairy godparent, you could do so for as little as $1 a month, a one-time contribution, or a monthly contribution. It's up to you. Just head over to podcateers.com and click on the Patreon logo or go to patreon.com slash podcateers. There you will find all the information, a little spiel from us saying, like, why you should give us money. We're not charging for episodes, but it helps us out, and we appreciate it. Or as Javier would say, we preach. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys shop on Amazon, another great way to help us out is by starting your journey over at podcateers.com slash Amazon. There you will find a big Amazon button that you can click on before your next purchase. And what that does is it takes you to Amazon using our link and we get a special kickback from Amazon as a thank you for going through our link. For everybody that's going through our page, clicking on that link, we really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, you guys may not see it. You guys may not know it, but it really does help us at the end of the month, and we appreciate that. Gavin, uh, social links and how people can find you. Sure. I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Gavin Audison Art. And you can find my portfolio website, GavinAudisonArt.com. Nice. Gavin will be in town November 18th for the Foolish Mortals show at Pop Comics at Center Street, Anaheim. Make sure to come on by, support him, support the other artists, support Popzilla Gallery, which is put on by our buddy Sam Carter. There's going to be yeah. a bunch of amazing artists and me. I'm going to try to hang up the Halfbox <laughs> Ghost print, try to put a tag on it. I'm going to see what happens. I'm probably going to get kicked out. If Sam is listening, I'm sorry. I just think it would be funny. <laughs> no, that's for sale. Put a that price is, on that, right? That's right. It is for sale. Put a price on it. It's uh, amazing. All right, guys. So that is it from us. Until next week, here's to Beer Shoes and Mickey Ears. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Peace out. Um, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. All right, cool. All right, bedtime. <laughs> oh, yes, totally. I wish. I bet you're expecting an ending, but there's nothing. So there you go. <laughs>